Jason, I don't have any monitors. Numbers 23, I'm going to read two verses, verses 19 and 20. 19 and 20. And it says there that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. As he has said, he will, will he not do it? Nor has he spoken and will not make it good. Behold, I have received and commanded to bless. And he has blessed that and I cannot reverse it. Amen. What he has blessed, I cannot reverse it. Here in Numbers chapter 22, uh, King Balak is the king of Moab, and he saw what the children of Israel had done to the Amorites. Uh, this caused a great fear to come upon him and all of those in his kingdom. So he sent out messengers to reward their hands he told them to go to the prophet by the name of Balaam and so the king Balak's uh, messengers continued uh, to go there and they had this very clear specific instructions for Balaam and that is to pronounce a curse upon the children of Israel Balaam invited the messengers to spend the night he brings them into his house he he seeks the Lord, he prays, and, and then as he was praying, the Lord speaks to him and he says, do not go with these messengers and you shall not curse Israel for they are blessed. This made the king Balak very furious and angry, but he sent more uh, of his messengers back to Balaam again and he ups the ante. He, give, he encourages him by saying, I'll give you more money. And he increases that reward. And Balaam says that, that there is no way that I am able to curse Israel because God has blessed it. He said, in fact, if Balak were to give me this whole house full of gold and silver, I would not be able to reverse or to curse what God has blessed. And so Balaam once again invites the messengers in. He lets them stay the night. He prays and inquires of the Lord. And the next morning, out of fear, Balaam went uh, with the king's messengers. And uh, this angered the Lord, right? And on the way uh, to see King Balak, Balaam's donkey sees something that Balaam doesn't see. The angel of the Lord is standing in the middle of the road with his sword drawn and, and Balaam doesn't see it, but his donkey does. In response to seeing it, the donkey starts acting up. He jumps off of the side of the road and Balaam became mad at the donkey and so he starts beating the donkey and, and, and he, he gets to try to get him to move back on the road and the donkey falls against the wall and crushes uh, Balaam's foot and so he strikes the donkey again. But the donkey, he, he couldn't get it to move and, and Balaam hits it again. And the next time something happens that is not even imaginable. The donkey spoke. 
right? I'll paraphrase what the donkey said, but he says, what's the matter with you? <laughs> you hitting me? Don't you see this angel standing here? To me, the fact that the donkey spoke isn't the crazy part. The crazy part is Balaam actually talks back to the donkey. <laughs> he gets in this full-fledged argument with a donkey. <laughs> That's a message right there, but I'm not going to preach it today. Because <laughs> you can waste your time arguing with a donkey. But finally, Balaam's eyes are opened and he sees this angel and the angel told him that the donkey uh, it saved your life from being slain. He says, in other words, I was going to cut your head off. I was going to stop you from this foolishness, right? And Balaam repented of his sin and the angel told him that when he uh, was standing before Balak, he said, you only tell him what I tell you to tell him, right? And that's exactly what Balaam did. I mean, after uh, that little scenario and episode along the road and a donkey starts talking and an angel and with a sword drawn and says, you, you should have died, but think, you ought to be thankful for this donkey, right? Because you would have died here today in this road. But, but he says, you go and you only say what I tell you to say. And so he says, yes, sir, that's what I'll do. And this is what we are reading here in Numbers 23 and verse 19. He said, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? And will he not do it? Or has he spoken? And he will not make it good. Behold, I have received a command to bless, and he has blessed what he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Truly, we need to remember that the enemy can't touch what has been touched by the blood. Amen. Amen. There's no curse that can undo the blood. Balak, he was trying to curse Israel. But the curse was not effect because Israel had been touched by the blood. You remember the Passover, don't you? The Passover of Exodus, the blood of the lamb was applied to the doorpost. And, it, and it don't forget the significance of the sacrifice of, of, the, of what went on there because this lamb had been slain that would take the blood and put upon the doorpost and wherever the blood was, the death angel had already been there. So at midnight when the death angel would pass through, it would represent there has already been a death here and you cannot enter in. It couldn't pass the blood. And so the blood had been applied and it established what had happened in the temple. And so it represented that, but it was a shadow and type, right? Of what you and I's a relationship with Jesus Christ. That whenever he, the lamb, would be shed or die upon the cross and the blood would be applied to the doorpost of our hearts and our lives, now the enemy can't trespass on the blood of Jesus and neither can it curse you. Amen. There's no way you can be cursed and blessed at the same time. 
Bitter and sweet water doesn't come out of the same fountain. And neither can you be possessed by God and possessed by the devil at the same time. You're either for him or you're not. You're either covered by the blood or the enemy has access to your life. But I'm thankful today for the blood of Jesus. I said I'm thankful for the blood. Because it's the blood of Jesus that's, that keeps the enemy from destroying my life. From bringing me down. What he wants to do to me, he cannot do to me. And you know, I, I know that some people uh, believe in uh, e eternal security. And I don't believe in that. As, but I don't also want another thing that I don't believe in is eternal insecurity. And it just seems like there's a whole lot of folk think that this thing is so flimsy. But I want to tell you today that the blood has not lost its power. When the blood has been applied, it is applied. And it, there's nothing that can take the blood of Jesus Christ away. There's nothing that, you, that the, the enemy can do to destroy you. When the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to your life, you are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Can you give him some praise for that today? So even if Balaam would have pronounced a curse, it wouldn't have mattered. He couldn't curse what had been blessed, right? Well, every time I read this story, I remember being uh, there in Africa, and I, I'm sure I've shared that story with you, but I went to that village that I uh, thought I was a ghost. I was the first white man they ever seen, and in that village, in the hut, I said, where is the chief at? And they said, he's over here in his hut, and, and so I, I said, well, take me to him, and I go over there, and he's laying up in this hut, and before he lets me come in, he gets these roots, and he shakes them, and he's got this white powder, and he blows it all over the place, and then he wants, you know, says, I can come in. And, uh, you know, I don't know what all that stuff was. I figured it's some kind of demonic business, but it really didn't matter to me. But praise God, the, the end of the story is this. He said, as I told him, I said, why you've been laying here? He said, he been told me how long you've been laying there. I said, how come your God hasn't healed you? My God will heal you by faith. I told him that. And uh, he said, well, if your God can heal me, then I'll have to serve him. Right? In this whole village, I'll have to serve him. And so I just prayed a little prayer, asked God to heal him so that these people would know that he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because they did know that but didn't know who he was. And so God gloriously healed this man. And for the first time in many years, he jumps up out of his hut, starts running around the village, and the whole village turns to Jesus. Amen. Amen. I tell you that story because that's the power of the blood of Jesus. I said, that's the power of the blood. I don't care how many roots you got, how much powder you got, go ahead and blow it and shake them. But the blood of Jesus is greater than anything that can come against your life. Amen. So stop paying attention to people praying that you'll be cursed. Don't worry about people that are trying to pronounce witchcraft and, and bring you down. It doesn't matter. The blessing of the Lord cannot be reversed. Amen. The enemy can't curse what God has blessed. The enemy cannot touch what has been touched by the blood. The blood that touched Israel was the blood of bulls and goats. Right? And yet that blood was irreversible. That blood from 
bulls and goats and turtle doves was irreversible. So if that was irreversible, how much more confidence should we have in the fact that we have the blood of Jesus Christ of Calvary that is irreversible, that has been applied to our life, right? The, the blessing of the blood, of his blood, is even more reversible. And I would say again that the blessing of the Lord cannot be reversed upon your life. The enemy may come in like a flood, but the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against that enemy. The enemy cannot curse you, and the enemy cannot touch you because you have been touched by the blood of Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 19, he said, For when Moses had spoken every um, precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats and with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and the people, saying, This is the blood of the New Testament which God has enjoined unto you. We know that the blood refers, what it refers to here, it represents the blood of Jesus that will come, right? And one day be shed. Moses took the blood of the sacrificed lamb and he sprinkles it on the people and upon the book. What book is he talking about here? Is he talking about the law? Is he talking about the Torah? Is more accurately, is he talking about the Bible, the beginning of the Bible, but not the end of the Bible because the end of the Bible has not yet been written? The blood was sprinkled upon both the people and the book, signifying that both were blessed and sealed because of the blood. The blood has always been used to seal the covenant, right? To make an irreversible binding. And once the covenant is sealed, it is sealed and set forever. It cannot be broken. It cannot be undone. And I pray today that we all have a full understanding about how the blood of Jesus is final and forever upon our lives. Amen. It doesn't come and it doesn't go. It doesn't lift and, and then rest. It, it's not one on you one day and off of you the next day. You're not covered some of the time and not covered all the time. If you are blessed, then you are blessed. If it's on you, then it's on you. The blood of Jesus is final and forever. Glory to God. There are many different ways that God can speak blessing over our lives. He can do it through the word of knowledge. He can do it through the prophetic. He can do it through the still small voice. And he can also do it through his written word. That's when the scriptures leap off of the page at you. Something you have read 50 times, but suddenly it, it becomes rhema to you. It becomes alive to you. It becomes a, 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 in that moment, it becomes real to you, right? And this is when you know that you know that what you've read is a now promise from God's word to your life. He can also speak blessing through the preach word. 
That's the reason why you need to listen. Huh? From what comes from the word of God, from the pulpit. It's often prophetic. And the life-changing word, whenever the prophetic word of God begins to be released and you grab that word, you can apply it to your life and it'll change you. God can even speak blessing over us through the words of our parents, through family, right? So we should be careful not to underestimate the power of spoken words, right? We should be speaking blessing and not curse. We should speak life and not death. We should encourage somebody and not put them down. Right? But it doesn't matter how he speaks. Once he speaks it, it's a done deal. However God speaks over your life, if it's through a person, if it's through a family, if it's through a gift of the Spirit, if it's through the Word of God, however He does it, once it's done, it's sealed, it's good, and it will never go away. The blessing of the Lord cannot be reversed. The enemy cannot curse what God has blessed. The enemy cannot touch what has been touched by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's look here at Hebrews chapter 9 again. The blood was sprinkled upon both the people and the book. It brought blessing and it sealed the deal. But at the time that this was written, there were only two books of the Bible written. There were 64 books yet to be written. And yet the blood blessed and sealed all 66 books. Two already written and 64 yet to be written. In other words, the blood blessed and sealed all that had happened, all that was happening, and all that would ever happen. The, this blood blessed and sealed all that had manifested and all that would manifest in the future. In fact, the blood guaranteed that the next 64 books would be written and fulfilled. Have you ever felt in your life that you only had two books written and 64 yet to go? Have you ever felt like that God had been good to you, but yet you needed a lot more? Have you ever felt like some of his promises had come to pass, but there was a whole lot more that was yet to come to pass? Let me encourage you today, if you do, his blood, his seal, will, that sealed the first two books. It's the same blood that sealed the last 64 books that had yet to be written. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you today that his word is good. And even though it has not yet come to pass, 
what has been sealed in your life, whatever it is, if it's salvation, if it's hope, if it's deliverance, if it's healing, then he, the, what he has promised you, maybe your son and your daughter, maybe it's your marriage or your relationship, maybe whatever it is in your life that is yet to come to pass, the word that of God, the blood of Jesus that sealed the promise that you have enjoyed is the same blood that sealed what is yet to happen in your life. Amen. And so let me encourage you in that today. His blood is the seal that if he had fulfilled his word uh, that already in your life, he is going to fulfill what is yet to come. Verse 19, the people and the book were sprinkled together. Verse 20, we say, see why that this happened. It was done so that they could enjoined to him. They could be enjoined to him. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 6, Jesus says, What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. As God joined man and a woman together as one, so are we joined to him, his covenant, and the blessing of his covenant. Another way of putting it is we can be enjoined to his word and his word be enjoined to us. Right? That's why people and the book were sprinkled together. It was a, a, to signify the eternal bond and relationship between God's people and God's word. The word is the bond to you and you are the bond bound to the word. And the bond between man and his, his word are unbreakable bond. And it is uh, the seal by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood has sealed the word and the word is sealing you. The Bible says it like this, that we are sealed till the day of redemption. Right? This is what... Why I can boldly say today that everything that God's word has said is bound to happen in your life. Because we've been sealed. We've been bound by the blood of Jesus. Amen. How many country folk have got here today that remember when you used to can food? We'd have that big old tub out there and put a fire underneath it, put 33 quarts of corn or beans in it, and you boil that water until you heard them stop, the lids start popping. And when the lids started popping, you knew they had sealed. And you could take them out and you didn't have to worry about it. They could stay up there for quite some time. And you never had to worry about the, the seal being broken because once it locked, it locked. Amen. And whenever we are sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ, the, there's nothing the devil can do. There's nothing the enemy can do. The blood of Jesus has sealed us. Glory to God. 
We're safe in that. We're secure in that. We're confident in that. We can know today that the blood of Jesus has sealed us. And we can know that in our lives today. We don't have to worry about it. Amen. Well, the enemy will bring up your past. But the past has been covered by the blood. The enemy will try to tell you how foolish you are and how you've done this and how you've done that. But if you're covered by the blood and you've given it to your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're sealed. Amen. That don't mean we don't have to go back from time to time and say, God, I'm sorry. But if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. Huh? Amen. So I don't have to walk around in guilt and condemnation. I don't have to walk around with my head down. I can go in joy because I know I'm sealed. His word is going to take me into my healing. His word is going to take me into my joy. His word is going to take me into the miraculous. His word is going to take me into everything that I need because I'm bound by the blood. And if I'm blood bound, then everything in that word that has been sprinkled and the people that have been sprinkled upon are bound together by the blood. And so everything in the word is for me. Amen. Everything in the word is for me. And that's the reason why we can overcome today. By the blood of the lamb and by the word. Of our testimonies. Amen. Everybody's got a testimony. Amen. Everybody's got a testimony. You, you don't have a testimony. You haven't had a test. And so if you've had a test. Then you can have a testimony. Because you're an overcomer. Right. You overcome. How do you overcome? By the blood. Of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. So I'm not worried today. I'm not fearful today. I'm not fretful today. Because this isn't, even though the, 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 if I was to look at the world and I was to look at, at the culture and I was to look at what is going on in our world today, then I would probably have nerve problems. <laughs> Amen. I would probably have problems sleeping at night. I would probably have difficulty uh, uh, even functioning through the day. But I'm not looking and focusing upon what is going on around the bound.